beautiful people. Let's wake up in the den. Kule, Ugbayani, Alamia. <sighs> hope you guys had a great long weekend if you had yesterday off. And I hope you took our advice and you smiled at someone. If you didn't do it yesterday, it's okay. There's Today's a new day. You can be kind always. Smile at a stranger. Tell someone they're doing a great job like Alan did last night as the PA announcer. What? Oh. Whoa. Alan Mia. He's like Mr. Number One PA in Hawaii. If you guys were out at the men's basketball game at the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center, that was Mr. Alan Mia on the, well, it's not ones and twos because you're not a DJ playing not music. A DJ. No. But um, yeah, it was pretty. Alan got got that energy he was like full-on like wwe style last night like whenever and it was funny because it was just obviously it was an early game it was a school night or whatever the game was at five but it's still you know weekday it was kind of like a funky time to be so yeah, that it, holiday time really expecting like a big crowd attendance was 4300 but i'm like i love how alan is like doing the big crowd like voice and the every time somebody made a shot he's like Samuta Avea for three. And you were like doing other like phrases. Like, did you say something like with the drip or something? Yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, yeah. Alan, like throwing in all this slang uh, over here. I think here. I got teardropper in there. I oh, wanted yeah, to do teardropper. That's I, what it was. I was waiting for the oopsie day. Like, I was gonna do an oopsie daisy on like a up and under. Uh, but it just never came uh, to fruition. And the one that did, I couldn't see at first who it was. So it, oh, I, I kind of missed the time. I was going to say Jovan had Yeah, one. but okay. I, at the time, he, he where I was sit, where I sit, he was blocked yeah. and, from my view. So I was like, I had to ask who it was that scored that because I couldn't see. Because right where I stand, Trent Johnson, the head coach for um, mm. uh, Northridge is. And also I have the review monitors right to my left. And this is the first half when Jovan did the up and under. And so... I was like, who did it? Because I know it was up and under, but I couldn't see it. And then by the time I, I yeah, just couldn't get it in. Going. I think I did uh um with the put back, of course. The one I really wanted was a deep three because I was gonna do a, uh, a Sony open reference. I was gonna do uh trips from the tips. Oh, okay. Uh so I have a couple sayings out there that that I wait for, <laughs> but it just never came to fruition. But uh no, it was the first time in a long time I've done basketball. Normally I would do the the women's and even on like with the women, they'd only get like five hundred. You yeah. You, I I'd still do the same. Only and uh, people asked me even last night they they came up to me and they asked me like why I do what I do and why am I that animated? I go, For some of these guys and most of these guys, they're never gonna be professionals. Um, it's just the reality of it. So if I can give them that moment where they feel like uh, a professional for that brief second in time, brief moment in time, you know, I do my part to to make them feel special because it's about them. It's about the student athletes. So that's why I do what I do. But it was good fun. Uh, like I said, it's been about three years since I've done basketball. So yeah, no, it was it was good. It was it was different. But you know, you know, this would have started a lot differently though had they not come up with the W. They wanted to oh, stress I me know. out a little bit. So, I mean, Hawaii was looking brilliant in the first half. Final score ended up being 58-51. But, oh my goodness, they had let Northridge in and I was, you know, losing my mind. They were up 33-17 in the first half. And then CSUN in the second half actually outscored Hawaii 34-25. But fortunately, we had a large enough lead and was able to pull away oh so slightly winning 58-51. But yeah, I would have, obviously it wouldn't have been his fault, but you know, this show would have started with 
on the Alan, jinx. never come in PA ever again. Yeah. <laughs> because like I was telling you guys yesterday, on paper, we're the better team. You know, Northridge had no wins in conference. 0-6, where Hawaii is right up there, like, just competing for the top of the conference. And... It looked that way in the first half. We're like, all right, yep, this is how it's supposed to be. This is exactly what I thought it was going to be. And then just that second half was like a pure debacle where like we couldn't hit anything. So taking a look at the the box score in the second half. So in the first half, Hawaii shot 50% from the field. They made three out of eight threes. And then in the second half, 21.7% from the field and making only two three-pointers where if you look over at Northridge in the second half or in the first half like it flopped so in the first half Northridge was shooting 21.4% making two threes in the second half shooting 40% again to Hawaii's 21% from the field making four of nine three-point shots so again fortunately Hawaii was able to escape that oh so slightly <sighs> Jovan McClanahan Noel Coleman Noel Coleman he had one of those good games where that we always expect him to have. He's kind of been like up and down lately, not like last season where he consistently had really good games. But both of them, Noel leading the scoring with 14, Jovan right behind him with that little oops up and under. But unfortunately, Allen didn't get to use his his saying triangle during the circle. Time. Triangle circle button is is the next one too. Oh. Okay, triangle circle yeah. button. <laughs> a Samuza. Samuza looked like he was feeling it. He had ten points, but he kind of had like he's really getting that pure confidence. Like he just takes his shot when it's open, and he he's just exuding like this confidence in himself, which is a good thing as as a basketball player that you need to have. You know, you have to be confident when it comes. I mean, any sport, but with basketball, you have to have like this certain level of swag in order to compete like it's just that's just the way that this sport is like you have to be confident in yourself and I feel like Samuta is really finding himself and he's he's getting to that point and he's starting to really consistently make shots which obviously you can be like you can be all of the confidence in the world but you don't make shots and it doesn't really matter but Samuta is really coming in, into his own and it's good to see so I, I like how this team all the starters it was really well-rounded offensively again you look at Kamaka having nine points and Samuta 10 Bernardo De Silva another one who it's really nice to see the improvement from last year to this year just again that confidence that he has and really posting up and even defensively you love to see it and then on the bench you know a lot of the the bench guys they didn't contribute as much offensively as we've seen in the past beyond Riley was the only one that scored off the bench with just the single point which was a free throw and then Morsec and Cody Williams but Cody Williams he's like good in the sense like he's just that player that you is a good player to come off the bench when some of your main guys need a little bit of rest because he's he's good defensively you know he goes out there six and a half minutes and just plays really, really hard. More sec. I think we got a little spoiled in the Diamond Head Classic where he was just like blocking shots and dunking and scoring. And then you have these games where at least he's still a force to be reckoned with playing five and a half minutes in there and and just really holding his own. But I'm sure he gets a little frustrated because probably for himself too, right? He, he felt that like crowd and this everyone going crazy when he was like doing all this stuff and then you have a game where it's not so much but that's basketball like that's that's the that's the name of the game and if if this team if somehow hopefully it'll happen in the big west tournament if somehow they all are on it 
when the time is right, just like how we talk about the Rainbow Wahine team. And in fact, the other day I was talking to the HPU women's basketball head coach, Katie Novak, and she was even saying, she's like, you know, we haven't even had a game where everyone's just on it. And she's like, if if we have that game, we're hands down like the best team in the PacWest Conference for the HPU women's basketball team. And that's how I feel about well, with I think the men's. they're that way now. Yeah, and she's like, we haven't even had our, our best games yet. So that's how I feel about this men's team. And can you imagine if we had Juan Munoz? <laughs> I mean, shoulda, coulda, woulda, but... Oh. Juan Munoz off the bench because I don't think he would start. Um, I don't. I don't think he would start over Jovan McClanahan right now. But but I think he he. I think they might you know switch back and forth maybe. But I think he's probably the sixth man off the bench. He would have been a you know a blessing to have off that bench as a scorer, another threat. Um, you know, not having Justice Jackson last night hurt a little bit too. He's more of your scoring option off mm-hmm. the bench, and he was out. Uh, I'm not sure for what reason. I just know I had to cross him off my roster. So. Uh, he was unavailable yesterday, so that means you bring in Cody Williams, who's, who, like you said, he's not going to score. He's not going to light you up on the offensive side, but what he's going to do is going to give you solid minutes on the defensive side of the ball and also just make sure he doesn't turn the rock over when he does have the ball and, and he can control the game offensively that way. Um, I thought, you know, this is my first time seeing him like up close and personal uh, firsthand. I, I thought a little bit towards the second half, the the physicality of the big men down low for, um, Cal- for CSUN, uh, kind of took a a little bit of a toll on on the on the bigs for UH Morsec especially. Um, those guys were big. Um, CSUN was big, and I'm, when I'm talking big, I'm not talking like height wise. I'm talking like straight strength wise. Yeah. Like look like like legit bodybuilders. Like physique was absolutely like top you got, notch. You got a bunch of tight ends playing basketball. No, you know what? It, that's that, what it exactly like. what it, that you're exactly right. I couldn't like think of what I was, I was trying to say here, but you're right. Look like a bunch of fit tight ends playing basketball and and Trent Johnson's got an inter, in, interesting project cuz I don't think he necessarily has basketball players. Yeah. I think he has athletes. And his job is going to be can he do like replicate what he did at like Stanford, take athletes and turn them into basketball players. Um I won't I'll I'll tell you what he said after the game um that I can't say on air for <laughs> you know for, oh. for the language but you're going to love it. Um, but I, you know, there's a lot of people that go like, they didn't, they didn't really like Trent Johnson's, uh, actions last night, but let me tell you being up and close right next to him. Cause he was literally in front of me. <laughs> I'd play for that guy. Um, I'd run through a wall for that guy. So Northridge, I, I think they're, they're just in a rebuild. They got athletes oh, yeah. that aren't basketball players, but then I think the speed of Deontay, uh, Bostic number zero for them, uh, the point guard took over and also his athleticism down low, being able to get through, uh, little bit of gaps in between uh, the defense on sets, and uh, he was able to kind of just start hitting his shot at the end too, so made it quite interesting. But the thing that kills UH is, is simply this. They're so streaky offensively. Their mm-hmm. defense keeps them in the games. If it's not They got top-notch defense, probably one of the best in the country I've seen so far, even in all the games I've been watching on TV um, uh, for nationally. Um, their defense is, is top-notch. Their offense, though, gets real streaky, and that can get real scary, especially at home. Oh, yeah, and and that's why I bring up Noel Coleman, because he was 4 for 12 from the field and 1 for 5 from 3, where we're not, you know, finished the day, obviously, with 14 points, but, like, towards the end of last season, you're like, man, this guy just cannot miss a shot. He was making everything, so I think once he kind of get gets his groove back or whatnot, then we'll really start to see this team become dangerous. And it's it's funny that you bring up how CSUN is like just pure athletes. And they are. They're just they're built like, 
yeah, a bunch of tight ends and a running back, essentially. But And we're Hawaii. Like, we don't look as physically imposing when we compare ourselves to any teams, but we're a bunch of legit basketball players and they they are they move the ball really well they work together as a team you can tell they're when things like yesterday happen where they led a team back into the game I think they're just a lot more mature than they have been in in previous seasons and they they're you know they played last season together so it's nice that you don't see them you don't see the frustration I think that you would see normally with a lot of younger teams. So you can tell that this team is really solid just as a team and their chemistry, which is obviously what you need in basketball because you only have five guys or girls on the court at one time. So you really need that chemistry. And I love how they, yeah, they, they move the ball really well offensively yesterday. And then just sometimes it's just like the shots don't go in. So it's, it's just one of those things. And I hope that's not the case when it comes to the Big West tournament. And I only say that just because I worry about when they play on the road. It's like they can't find that depth perception or something when they're on the road. I don't know what it is, but they become more streaky offensively. Yeah. And it's not even a lack of moving the ball around because they're still they move really well. They work together like tremendously. But it's just it just doesn't go in. You know, it's funny. The more I thought about last night's game was simply this because of the offense that Iran runs. You know, yesterday could have been that trap game where Northridge gets their first win. Only simply when you look at it, not not because they're again they're superior basketball wise to UH. It's just simply CSUN had guys that clogged that middle, and you really need that middle open to run the offense that UH wants to run. That kind of that four out one in in out in out in out. But that those that middle lane was clogged. I mean those those guys were big and and thick and. And, you know, they just held their own. They were so strong that Morissette couldn't get anything going. Beyond Riley down low couldn't get anything going. Um, and, and that kind of, like, makes it, you really live off on the outside and swing, 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 swing. They weren't bad shots. They just, like you said, didn't fall. But the ball movement's really good for mm-hmm. UH. And I, I think if you don't know basketball, you don't see those little things. Um, if you're just a casual fan, you might miss those things. But really, the ball movement for UH is is really, really top-notch. Yeah, it's pretty. You know, yeah, no, it, it it really is. You know what hurts UH on the turnover side is, is self inflicted stuff, bouncing it off their knee. Yeah. You know, can't can't grab it. You know, kind of fifty fifty balls. They lose those a lot. But really, there's no turnovers on the passing um, because their passes are pretty top notch. Again, um, I was really impressed with what I saw and and their fortitude to be able to hang on even when Northridge came within one two times in the second half um, after holding a double digit lead. I I just thought. They kind of bear down, uh, you know, and it was good to see that you had different guys step up. But really, they got their they got their energy from the defensive side. And I wish I could do stuff defensively for them, but I just yeah, I have to let it go. <laughs> it's not like water polo. I'm like denied. No, yeah. <laughs> and by the way, Hawaii like oh, and I I use this term loosely because I think we can bring it down a little bit more. Having 11 t- turnovers, but fortunately for us, that CSUN is not that good of or like we mentioned, they're not basketball players. So they only scored five points off of Hawaii's 11 turnovers where when we get into the situation where we're playing some of the top teams or where it just gets scrappy, like when we play Irvine, then we really got to clean that stuff up. But uh, last thing before we um, kind of change the subject to football, because that's going to be fun, just ragging on Alan for that because he's the wrong call for this. (laughs) 
by the way, speaking of Irvine, that is who Hawaii plays next uh, coming up this weekend at 5 p.m. Hawaii time. They are getting on the bus today to go on the road, but you can watch that game on ESPN+. Plus. Again, that's 5, 5 p.m. Um, but I did want to make a note of the women's basketball team. McKenna scored like... The most points she's ever scored, and if you and if you're like, wait, what? Who? And exactly, like she's rarely ever the leading scorer. I think it was Ben Benjamin after the game yesterday because he gave me a ride home, and he was like, "Did you see the women's score? Did you see who the highest scorer was?" I'm like, "What are you talking about?" Wait, you needed a ride, and you didn't tell me. Oh, well, I was with I you already, the whole night. I had already asked for a ride before because Mike had to leave me there. <laughs> That's something. Mike had good reason. So McKenna scoring 18 points yesterday in the Rainbow Wahine win, 76-60 over CSUN. And it and it's funny because this game was kind of going on when the men's game was going on. Yeah, so yeah, it'll yeah. be cute. Like I want, I, I wish I could have seen like Jerome DeRosier's reaction when he saw that his lady was like the leading scorer in the game and must be so excited because she was injured last year and now she's playing and he's, you know, coaching on the side and it's really good to see. I'm excited because that Jerome's that kind of guy that he would just be like super stoked for his lady to be doing well. All right, when we come back, we'll change it up and talk a little NFL as the Cowboys. Shocking everyone, including myself. Yay. <laughs> talk about that next on Wake Up in the Den. Yeah, you know, listen to this one. Welcome back. It's Wake Up in the Den. Kule Ogbayani, Alan Mia. All right. This NFL game is like, this is exactly why I was talking yesterday about not even touching this game. Dallas was the favorite going over to Tampa Bay, favored by two and a half. But I was just like, I don't. Well, one, I never, ever like to bet against Tom Brady. And two, it's just the Dallas Cowboys. You just never know what you're going to get. And may I remind you guys, so before we get into the game, the actual game, the last time the Dallas Cowboys won a road playoff game was in the 1992 season when they defeated the 49ers 30-20. to The last time they made it to and won the Super Bowl was in the 95 season, beating the Steelers 27-17. And they've won five Super Bowls in their history, which Cowboys fans will not let you forget, uh, which is tied for second in the NFL alongside the 49ers. And of course, the Patriots and the Steelers hold the record for the most Super Bowls with six but, I mean, that's the kind of thing that happens with Dallas. Like, the 90, 90, 1992 season. That was a very, very long time ago at this point. The last time they 92, won. 92, I was 10 years old. A road playoff game. That is a lot. So, let that sink in before we get into this discussion. It's not making me feel any better, though. <laughs> yeah, you would have felt more confident with your pick yesterday, choosing Tampa to with the points and yeah, Dallas with the easy cover beating the Buccaneers 31 to 14 to close out the wild card round of the NFL playoffs. But like, this is what I mean where it was just such a scary game because I kept saying yesterday that the Cowboys are the way better team on paper. They, they should win. You know, you have Micah Parkinson's there on defense going after a pretty much 
should be done quarterback in Tom Brady. And they're not the same team that they were when they won the Super Bowl, and uh, which is already a couple of years ago or a couple of seasons ago. But as I keep saying, I don't trust Dak Prescott. He's just so inconsistent with like I would have expected him to be the one throwing the ridiculous like picks and making mistakes like Tom Brady was. It was almost reverse. Like I don't expect Tom Brady, especially in the playoffs, to make the kind of mistakes that he did. Like that one interception where he was throwing it in the back of the end zone and even he was like, "What did I just do?" But that's the kind of thing that we see from Tom Brady now. And even his post-game press conference, it's like, "Oh yeah, he's he's I don't know if he's done like retiring, but he's definitely not in Tampa Bay anymore." Um but yeah, but then you have <laughs> you have Brett Maher, the kicker for the Dallas Cowboys, missing point afters. So that's the <laughs> that that as we like to say is Dallas Cowboys playoff kind things. So that that's kind of the the funkiness that I had expected from the Cowboys. So he missed four, four, four. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just like. It's ridiculous at this point. Like, you're a professional. How do you miss four point-after attempts? Finally made one. So they had one, two, three, four, five touchdowns. Dallas Cowboys had five touchdowns. Brett Maher missed four point-after attempts. <laughs> this is what I mean. This is the kind of – so it would almost be – a little be, worried if he has a job for the next playoff game. <laughs> yeah, it's it's – that's what I mean, where it's like I expected something weird to happen with the Cowboys. Fortunately, Dak Prescott was he had an on game and their offense just they again, five touchdowns. And fortunately, the kicks or the missed kicks by Brett Maher did not matter. But that's what I was expecting. That's why yesterday I kept saying, like, I wouldn't even touch this game because it's just one of those weird, funky games. Mr. Alamia, though, was had all the confidence in the world on uh, for Tampa. And... So, all right, all so right, guys, all right. no, the theory, no, 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 the theory no, is half no. true. The theory is half true. I did not, I did not here's, want to touch that game. Thing. Alan went, Alan went rogue, went on his own. So it wasn't like how we were talking about yesterday. I didn't go where, rogue. Boss, bo- boss, and I, <laughs> boss, had my back. Where if I made a pick and then Alan jumps on it, then it tends to lose. I just wasn't even a part of this. So the theory is half true. All right, here, here's, 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 here's the thing. It's like you said, 92. It's been 20 years since they've won a road playoff game. (laughs) 21 to be exact. 21 years since Dallas has won a road game. It's in the freezing cold. Yes, Florida does get cold. Tom Brady is untouchable when it comes to playing cold weather. I don't care how thin and frail he looks. (laughs) He's just a machine when it comes to playing in cold weather. Tom Brady in the playoffs is unbeatable, minus the few hiccups here and there and an amazing... One had a catch on the helmet. Oh, yeah. Other than that, he's unstoppable in the playoffs. He finds ways. The guy's a machine. He just, he, he, he finds, he finds some, like the fountain of youth in these type of moments. I couldn't bet against him. It, the, 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 the smart, uh, the smart play was, I, I, you, you just, you can't, you can't pick against them, especially with That's the Cowboys. That's why you just don't no, pick. No, but then, you know. You, That's why I'm you, like, you, I'm just you, not going to pick. You have a little fun with it. So here's here's the thing, though. I was with you. I think on paper, Dallas is the better team. I've just seen too many times in big moments, Dak Prescott not show up. Exactly. I've seen too many times the Dallas Cowboys with the better team on play, paper not show up when the games matter. 
I went on that assumption. <laughs> I don't think I was the only one. Yeah. I saw the spread, home dog. Always take the home dog. I don't care who you are. Especially if it's Tom Brady. Especially if it's Tom Brady. You take the home dog. I took the home dog. (laughs) They came back to bit me like I was the mailman. (laughs) Yeah. Coming up to a barking dog. uh, Coming back to a house with a dog in the yard. It did not work in my favor. Eh, You win some, you lose some. But you live. You live to fight another day. <laughs> to fight another day. And there's a lot more NFL games coming up. What? We have to enjoy these this like last run while we still can. I can't believe it's coming to an end. Oh, I can't wait. Baseball's coming back. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> Crickets. And I'm a baseball guy. No, actually, I'm excited. It's going to be a good year for the Angels. I will keep my opinions to myself because I had very high hopes last season and last season came crashing down. Anyways, when we take a look at the futures, though, uh, this odds be a bet MGM. Still, the Chiefs are the favorite to win the Super Bowl at plus 290. The Bills right behind them at plus 325, followed by the 49ers at four to one. Eagles at five to one. Bengals all the way there at eight to one. And the Dallas Cowboys at nine to one. You know that the uh, something about the 49ers, that 49er pick might not be a bad one. You know, I heard who was it yesterday? We were talking in the hospitality room and someone made an interesting take. And I'm like, you know, that is kind of funny because we talk about the the 49ers having Brock Purdy, like this quarterback that is just doing the right things, being coached the right way so that they win games. You know, like I keep saying it. It's not like he's going to be a Patrick Mahomes type of quarterback ever. He's just a good quarterback for what they need because they have an explosive offense. They have a good coach in Shanahan. and But someone, because it it made me think of it because you brought up the New York Giants and Tom Brady and Eli Manning being able to beat Tom Brady twice, the kryptonite. And even though as much as people say, like, don't think Eli Manning is, like, nowhere near the type of quarterback that his brother was, well, he has... One more Super Bowl, or no, no, sorry. He did have one more Super Bowl than his brother did, and then Peyton won with the Broncos, and then now they have the same amount of Super Bowls. But they have the same amount of Super Bowls nonetheless, even though everyone will say Peyton Manning is way better than Eli Manning. So it it was just funny to think about, like, if the 49ers were to win the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy, (laughs) he will always be considered a top tier quarterback or like it, it'll be those debates that go down in history right like with Eli like, like is, yeah. is, is is he a Hall of Fame quarterback no he's not no, but he not. won he's two junk. Super Bowls yeah but then you're like you can't take because in, in these types of like, professional sports the end goal is to win a championship or else you're going to be like Charles Barkley who's a very good player and they'll always hold it against you for not winning a championship yeah but here here's the thing Eli Manning <laughs> Oh God! See, that's what he, I mean. He makes it, 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 talking about Eli Manning makes me so mad, right? Because it's, it's you're you're one extreme or the other. You're either he's like he's he's a he's one of the greatest to ever play the game, or he he's absolutely garbage that got lucky with two Super Bowls. Okay, <laughs> and and there, there's no in between. That's the problem. If if we could sit here and talk about Eli Manning in the middle, be like he was okay, wasn't great, wasn't bad, was okay, just happened to win two Super Bowls. And and just admit he's not a Hall of Famer, I'd be okay with that. But no, it's either the one extreme. He's Hall of Famer for sure. No, he's he shouldn't he should never any get anywhere near Canton, Ohio. <laughs> 
It's it's like one or the other. You know what I mean? But that's what I mean. It'll be Brock funny. Purdy's going to be in the same. You're yeah, right. He's like, in the same boat. You're like, wait a Although, minute. Although to be fair, Brock Purdy is winning though in 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 the regular season. He, he hasn't lost yet. <laughs> Still, if you win he, it all, that's and what he's matters. mystery relevant. I think that adds a little bit more. You know, a little bit more. See, Eli was a number one pick. Yeah, that's the difference. But it's Brock Purdy is like that stupid term, Mister Irrelevant. Well, he's not very, really irrelevant now. You well, know who's Tom irrelevant? He was a late round pick. You know who's irrelevant right now? Tom Brady is right now because he's not in the playoffs. Oh, Tom Brady will always re- be relevant. You know who's irrelevant? Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Don't get me started on that kind of name. <laughs> what is it with evil laugh, smiling devil emoji? Dude, he's gonna be on the Rams <laughs> as a backup. I'm just kidding. Good. Get out of the NFC North, please. <laughs> Tired of beating your bears. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, the Chiefs are favorite. You know, and, and last thing about our NFL talk, though, I just don't – I'm sorry, Buffalo, but I don't think – I think your time has passed. They're too streaky. Yeah, your time has passed. You're not going to win a Super Bowl now. And it should have happened last year. By the way, in case you guys didn't know, the playoff rules did change this year because of what happened last year with the Chiefs and Bills. So in the playoffs only, if it goes to overtime, each team will get – possession even if the team scores a touchdown first prior to that and in the regular season in the regular season if you have the ball first and you score a touchdown the game is over fortunately it's different for the playoffs because that's how the bills got screwed over last year but unfortunately that's last year this is this year and hate to break it to you but you're not winning the super bowl i I think too the the the, von miller and demar hamlin von miller yes von miller is a big key to be missing for that dude is is so good even at his age but i also think on the offensive side now that we see how brian dable has been able to turn around daniel jones and the giants like may i remind everyone that brian dable was the offensive coordinator in buffalo so when they made when they found all the success so like the fact that that yeah so he's like to me when you're just seeing how josh allen's playing yeah like josh allen is like i brought it up last week when you look at the stats josh allen his stats are right down there like in terms of interceptions with Derek carr so it's like what he can just do more on his feet one is praised while the other one is looking for a job yeah i mean overall he has like more yardage but like his percentage isn't that much better and he can do a lot more on his feet we've seen him like be able to do amazing you know what plays I noticed on his feet, feet though, but, but like, like he's just not that like the same yeah, Josh Allen and this I, team offensively because Von Miller plays on the other side of the ball so you know you can't take that away but when you look at their offense they're just not the same yeah. as what they used to be and I think Brian Dable is uh, a major factor I was gonna say this as I watched the season progress to where we are now. The one thing about Josh Allen that I didn't see last year was Josh Allen was always kind of accurate. Like he threw hard, but the ball got to where it needed to be in that in the exact spots it needed to be. Right. I look at him this year, a little bit less zip on the ball, and just he's all over the place with his accuracy right now. And that's something that you know Josh Allen I didn't see last year in his run, and I wonder if that's just you know not having. You know, the quarterback coach that you're comfortable with and maybe they're tinkering with things because he doesn't look the same for one matter. You're right. You're lucky he has the legs and he's just built like a he's built like a tight end and a linebacker um, as a quarterback with, with tremendous arm strength. But I, I just there, there's something about this Bills team on paper. They're a Super Bowl team on paper. The way they're playing, though, not having Von Miller on the defensive side, now not having also DeMar Hamlin. um uh, I think it. I, I think defensively they're a little sus right now. Um, 
But but like the Bills, but the the Bills are kind of like the Chiefs, right? Like sometimes their defense is streaky, but you could always count on their offense to just score more points than the other team, right? But you can't count on them now, yeah, because because that one factor, Josh Allen, that offense go, you know, starts and it starts and ends with Josh Allen, and and what Josh Allen you get is kind of where your offense is going to go. If you get one that's accurate, what it does is it opens up the, the the run game. But if, if but he's not accurate, you don't have to worry about him because, look, he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. So then, you know, you, you can clog the middle and, and take away their run game. So now you're left with nothing, really. So I, I kind of tend to agree with you. I, I I think the time has passed for them. I don't I don't know if the window's Sorry, closed. Bills fans. I, I mean, at least for this year. I don't know if the window's closed yeah, necessarily. This year. I just don't think it's this year in their cards. Yeah. Anyways, well, ooh. Can just go on and on about the NFL. <laughs> got to, still got to step aside. We'll be back on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Welcome back to all of you, the beautifulest of all the beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den, Kule Agbayani, Alan Mia, talking about the beautiful thing that is the NFL playoffs. Enjoying the last bit of it while we still can. So as I mentioned earlier, the some of the Super Bowl odds the Chiefs were the favorite at plus 290 who is all the way at the bottom to win it all is the New York football giants who to me I'm like you know what the team of destiny they're at 25 to 1 odds to win the Super Bowl 11 to 1 to win the NFC and I'll tell you what that's looking a little attractive I'm not gonna lie With the Giants as they have the Eagles coming up with a not so sure how healthy Jalen Hurts is going to be, even though they say he's supposed to be in full participation in practice this week. You just really don't know. And we're not going to know until they play each other right now. The Eagles are favored by seven and a half. They have the Saturday game hosting the Giants. And then earlier in on Saturday is the Chiefs and Jags. Kansas City favored by eight and a half. Honestly, I feel like that's easy. They better win. That'll be one of those, like, I'd be shocked if Kansas City does not cover that against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, come on. They had the bye. They're on the rest. They've been here multiple times before. Won a Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes is healthy. Everyone's good to go. And Jacksonville has just had everything go their way and everything not go the Chargers away for them to pull out that win. So, yeah. Sunday's lineup, we have the in the AFC Divisional Round, you have the Bills hosting the Bengals. And we talked about... Buffalo so they're only favored by five but I just don't think yeah it's just not going to be their year like I think Brian Dayball is like a significant piece that's missing on that side in terms of coaching the offense and Josh Allen because like we said before the break you could always trust the Bills to be like the Chiefs you didn't have to worry about their defense too much because the offense would always score more than the other team so even though the defense right. up points you're like yeah you know what Josh Allen's gonna take over just like we look at the Chiefs you know what Patrick Mahomes Travis Kelsey they're gonna take over and find a way to just score more even when their defense is doing junk and Sunday's afternoon cap will be the 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys 49ers surprisingly only favored by four at home so I guess, yeah, just based on how Dallas looked yesterday, despite Maher missing all those four extra points, 
but you're That's going over. That's pretty much what they said. It's uh, San Francisco. San Francisco is good for the four. <laughs> I'm just excited to see what this is. This will be a really good test for Brock Purdy. You know, having someone like Micah Parsons just like chasing you down. That's scary. <laughs> You're Things like, I don't want in my life. Micah Parsons chasing me down. Yeah. What would you like? I'd rather have a wolf chase me down than that guy. I'd rather have somebody else. But yeah, Micah Parsons. I mean, he looked amazing yesterday as well. So it's like he played, you know, Tom Brady, who's an older quarterback. And now you're going to play like a very, very young baby quarterback, essentially. Only what started what feels like only a few games ago. But could you imagine Brock Purdy becoming the next Tom Brady? Oh my gosh. And it would be even crazier to talk about because Tom Brady was drafted seventh really round. Late, seventh round. But Brock Purdy was the last Pick. man drafted. That would be crazy. That'd be insane. But no, I you're right. Micah Parsons coming at you is a different story for him. You, you getting you know, you almost wish in the first play of the game, just get hit. That way you know what to expect. Get the jitters out of the way. Don't be worried about Micah Parsons coming down the lane. And whoever's got your blind side, for the love of God, please protect me. That's all you got to say. But no, you know, Brock Purdy's got his hands full. But I, I think ultimately at home again, um, in, in Dallas, you're asking them to, you know, go on the road into a hostile environment two times in a row. And you're asking Dak pretty much to be perfect again. Um, and so it's cards that they would say might be stacked against you on this one. Um do I think Dallas could win? I, I do, but I don't know. I just I, I like San Francisco this year. Uh, I don't know for whatever reason. You know, every now and then you find a team that goes, they have the it factor. And for me, Frisco, for whatever reason, as much as it pains me to say this being from Southern California, <laughs> so you know I don't say this very lightly, Frisco's got that it factor for me for some reason. Just like on the other side of the wall, I, I think the Giants have the it factor too. Um, kind of interesting, really, to... I think those two teams have the it factors this year, the Giants and the and the 49ers, but especially more so the 49ers for me. All right, we're going to test the theory now. Here is my gut feeling picks, my way too early picks. It might change by Friday, but this is my gut feeling now that everything's matched up. My main ones that I like are the Giants with that 7.5, so the Giants to cover against the Eagles and the Bengals, as I, I I went two for two this past weekend taking the dog, so the Bengals would be my little sprinkle on that money line for them to just beat the Bills straight up. Yeah, you can get the five points if you want to play it safe, but I'm like, you know what? Little Salt Bay. Salt Bay time. Buffalo is done, son. Dallas? <laughs> that one, I don't know. Like, that one I can't touch. There's too much emotion. And there's so many like friends. And like our good friend Dara Young, they actually are up in California right now in hopes, and they were hoping that Dallas would win because – her other half stretches like a huge Dallas Cowboys fan. So it worked out perfectly where they are staying in Cali and we'll go watch the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers in this NFC divisional playoff round. And yeah, I'm pretty stoked for them. But that's one of the, that game is how I feel about yesterday's Tampa and Dallas game. Because da like I said, Dallas is just, uh, they just like to fake us out too much. So I just, I will not play any game with Dallas at this point. Because I'm like, yeah, I might stay away from it too now. I'm like, I don't trust this team. And then, like I said, looking at the outright winner, like the NFC, the Giants at eleven to one. 
I'm just running on this like Brian Dayball. You are Daniel Jones, New York Football Giants. I'm, I'm your, right here with AC now, like I'm just cheering hard. He's for your this. click the pick. Yeah. Or is it pick the click? Click the pick. I don't know. What is what is it called? Not click the pick. I think. I don't know. Anyways, we'll be back to wrap it up on Wake Up in the Den. the show with a very hungry alan oh yeah alan's like stomach just did like the craziest like growl which by the way confession it was the nacho bar in the hospitality room yesterday that got me up to go to the game i'm not even kidding oh they put the nacho bar in the yeah they just started doing it this season and they have, you know, the bambucha nachos or just kind well, of like, well, a, like you make like, your own. Yeah. It's like the same, like you can have, they have the cheese. You the think burger. about bringing me some? You're busy. I'll find a way. When there's a will, when it comes to nachos, if there's a will, okay, I'll, remember I'll that make next a way. Time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, so, last night's a little bit hard when I'm doing the. PA. That's what I mean. And we did have extra passes. So, but I offered you, what was you, that? Sun, sad, Sunday? No, mon- Saturday. And you went home instead. So. Don't say I didn't offer you. <laughs> you did offer me. All right. Closing out the show, want to make note of this really interesting story done by Christian Shimabuku and Rob DeMello of KHON2, where University of Hawaii soccer legend and Kahuku alumnus Natasha Kai now doing MMA. Yep, you heard that right. MMA and was very successful in her MMA debut. But, of course, Brother Rob got a chance to catch up with Natasha Kai about Every now this new sport that she's in and this is what she had to say yeah so you know one night over dinner we were like I was like joking around I'm like you know before I turn 40 uh, I want to do an amateur fight you know and it, it was it was a very faint maybe um but you put something into a fighter's head and they're gonna they're just gonna run with it you know um you know fast forward a couple months later you know, she came home with this smirk on her face and I was like, oh God, like what happened? And she's like, you know, these promoters uh, contacted me, the old promoters from Bellator. Um, they're looking for a 135 fighter. I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like, you know, who's going to fight? And she's like, oh, you are. And I was like, wait, what? And she's like, yeah, so um, I signed you up. You're going to fight in four weeks. So you have four weeks to figure out how to fight MMA. And I was like, I just started laughing, you know, that's me. I just laugh. And I was like, all right, I'm down, you know? So I trained for four weeks and then I had my amateur fight. So (laughs) that's how, that's the story. (laughs) And with what you've experienced to this point, what's the end goal? Um, For me, I thought it was just a one and done kind of thing, you know, because that was my bucket list of doing an amateur fight. Um, But like I said, the coaches at 10th Planet and Elima are like, there's no way in hell we're going to let you stop, you know. Um, But like I said, I'm turning 40. I'm not young. Um, If they think it's a good idea and I think it's a good idea, I'm like, why not just go run with it, you know, until the wheels fall off. And, you know, my wheels are still turning. I'm in good shape. I'm probably in the best shape of my life right now, Um, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Like, I'm in a great place right now. And... You know, if my team and my coaches and my corner think it's a good idea, then we're going to run with it. You know, there, it's never too late to start something new. But, you know, I'm just going to keep pushing forward and moving forward and be the best version of myself and continue to inspire these kids, not all around the world, but especially back home in Hawaii on 
you know, you put your mind to anything and everything. And if you set your mind to it and put your heart into it, you know, you can be successful and accomplish those goals and dreams. And again, shout out to University of Hawaii soccer legend and Kahuku alumnus. And of course, gold medal winner, Natasha Kai, turning 40. And she's like going into a brand new sport. And MMA is not easy. And I just, it's funny how Eli Malay McFarlane is just like, no, yeah, you're going to fight. And they're just, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And that's incredible and once again that story via Christian Shimabuku and Rob DeMello at KHON2 you can check it out at KHON2.com and go to their sports section if you want to read it and watch that video again but oh my gosh that's that's amazing stuff it's funny she said you know at 40 years old she feels like she's in the best shape of her life and and trust me when she says that she means it and and, you know I see her periodically and I swear I say this every year. She looks more fit and fit every year. I think she honestly, if she still wanted to play professionally on some level, soccer, that mean, she probably could. And uh, so I have no qualms that I don't, I think she, she could go on for a few more years doing this if she wants to, because she's the type of athlete that goes, if I put my mind to it, there's nothing that will stop me. Mm-hmm. And she's proven that time and time again. Um, it just comes to a matter if her corner thinks she's strong enough and, and, and skilled enough to, to do so. Cause it's going to take heavier, you know, a lot more training because as she progresses, she's going to fight better, better and more better caliber fighters. Um, and so I've known her for years. I, I love her to death. And this is the most I've seen her smile. Um, this is the most like you, I was I was telling you that she just looks happy. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? She doesn't look fierce like and um, but yet sometimes that's even more scary because a Natasha Kai that's in a good place mentally, spiritually and, and physically. Good luck to whoever she's going against because Natasha's going to give you everything and more. Yeah. And, and she said it in that interview where she just not only physically, but yeah, she just mentally, mentally and- everything is there. And you can, yeah, like you said, you can tell if you guys go and watch the video, you can tell her the smile on her face is like humongous. Like she's it's just a- excited to to be doing this. And, and, and in MMA, I mean, in all sports, but especially in MMA, that's like you're, you really need to be mentally sound and focused and in a good place because you're risking your life really, you know, just like that. And then we talked about it in football when you're going to get hit in the head, like you really need to be focused and aware and and not thinking of any other outside distraction so I mean just seeing that I'm getting chicken skin just talking about it like her that her smile is like it's so infectious and and good to see and you know her also and and when I say like she doesn't have a smile don't get me wrong she smiles all the time but like but seeing the way her smile is now there's a glow to her Mm -hmm. there's a light and you know it's it's gorgeous and yet it's still the fierce Natasha Kai we know and so like I'm now I'm like oh my god mentally she's put you know, she's 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 in a good place mentally and physically and spiritually. I'm like, oh, Lord, help help whoever she's going against, because you get a happy Natasha Kai yet still has the physical prowess and, and just, you know, the the fierceness and competitiveness in her game over. I'll take <laughs> Natasha Kai all day or day. Yeah. And so as mentioned in the the interview, she had four weeks. So just four weeks to get ready for her amateur fight. And she debut. blocked the shoot. Yep, despite the short notice, 
She won a unanimous decision over Ellen Kim at SSP 52 in that bantamweight bout earlier this month, about 10 days ago on January 7th. So she's 39 right now. So she achieved her goal of fighting before 40. She said she doesn't currently have plans to turn pro as she still has her own soccer program in the San Diego area to run. But she's certainly glad she had the courage to try. And so kudos to her. And, you know, I hope that's like she said, and I I hope it's inspirational to anybody else listening at any age. Like, hey, go out and and try something new. You know, if you want to do it, just go ahead and do it if it if it my whole saying is if if it brings you joy and it doesn't affect anyone negatively in any way then go out and do it well hope that ends on a good note for alamia i'm kule agbayani mahalo for listening bye D-O-I-A lives here. K-G-U-A-M. K-236-C-R. Honolulu is the Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760.